Last week, I introduced the first of six lessons um, entitled Lent Matters. Uh, lesson number one last week was a, entitled Truths About Gossip. And I said I wanted to alternately talk about a self-denial issue and a sacrifice issue. Obviously, gossip is something that we ought to deny ourselves of. So this is the week to talk about a sacrifice moment. And I want to talk tonight, Lent Matters, lesson number two, some truths about suffering. Some truths about suffering. First Peter, chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. First Peter, chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, you should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Some truths about suffering. Um, again, this whole issue of Lent matters when Lent is the adjective and matters is the noun, uh, the subject or the concern is those things uh, that we want to deal with on this spiritual journey. When Lent is the noun, then matters becomes a verb. The meaning is that Lent has some important significance. So, Lent matters, the issues, but Lent matters, concern, got to face it, got to deal with it. And so, as of last week, Again, this week, I want to tag the text, some truths about suffering. Uh, and I urge you to incorporate that word some into your approach to the truth in the word of God. 
knowing that one person never empties the subject of everything that is to be said. We all know that one lesson, one person, or even a combination thereof cannot exhaust the entire scripture of all the truth. So it's some truths about suffering. Um, I think teachers and preachers and students who think that they are telling everything, they only fool themselves and shortchange themselves because there's always more that the Holy Ghost desires to reveal. Suffering and a kin word persecution or persecuted are terms that characterize experiences of life that pursue us or affect and uh, connect us in ways that cause discomfort, disruption, disease, disconnection to the normal flow of life. Persecution or persecute means to be after you, uh, prosecute the accused. The uh, attorney is after the accused to get a guilty verdict. So the word prosecute is related to persecute because one party is after the other. There are experiences and events in life that that, that come after us. Suffering means affected by an outside force, not of one's choosing. You didn't choose it. You'd rather it not be yours to deal with. But oops, here it is. So suffering, persecution, carry the idea that there are events and experiences after us that that contact us, that cause us discomfort, uh, cause us disruption, cause dis-ease to the normal flow of things. I hope that you hear my emphasis on the word Dis-ease, dis-ease, disease. Normally, my body would be at ease as it is. But when suffering comes, it is at disease, dis-ease. So let me say something about, about suffering. Number one, all humans suffer. There are events we are exposed to just because of the sin of Adam, because we're humans. There's no shield from it. None of us are Adam-proof. Hallelujah. 
sickness, weather conditions, wars, diseases, all because we're in Adam's family. As in Adam, all men die. God just permits Satan in the earth realm because of the fall in the garden. All of which will be here until Jesus comes back and establishes a new earth. Nothing you can do about human suffering until he cracks the sky and sets up a new heaven and a new earth. You cannot move to a nation, a confine, a cult where you will live in the absence of these things. All humans suffer on all parts of the planet Earth. How sad it is that decades ago in the Bay Area, we saw people easily persuaded to leave life in the United States and follow the fake teaching of a Jim Jones, give up family, jobs, and income to follow a lie. And eventually, they all ended up drinking the Kool-Aid because he promised a perfect utopia, a place where there would be no suffering, where everything would be minus what they left in the Bay Area. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Human suffering hits all, regardless of where all live. There was a massive hurricane over 15 years ago that hit New Orleans as a Category 5, you all remember. It wiped out homes where saved folk resided. It destroyed churches, and it uh, killed righteous people. It was as famous Hurricane Katrina. Now, there are those who said Hurricane Katrina was divine judgment on the French quarters. And that's so ridiculous. Neighborhoods were wiped out, connected to the back of the French quarter, called the Lower Ninth Ward. And yet, you even heard from pulpits, uh, preachers and prophets, declaring judgment on Bourbon Street, to which I say this. If God was going at the French quarters, then he needs to practice. He missed his target, so he needs to practice on target shooting. Be born, keep living, and suffering will come your way whether you live in the French quarters, whether you live outside of the French quarters, suffering is everywhere. Here's another truth, number two. Christians suffer 
Christians suffer. The scripture I read this evening makes the distinction between regular suffering, which we do anyhow, what I've alluded to, and Christian suffering, which happens to those of us who are his. That's the difference, my brothers and sisters. Christian suffering is the disruption, the discomfort, the distraction that comes upon you for one reason only. You are a child of God by redemption and identification. Did you hear me? Not just by redemption, regeneration, recreation, but you are a child of God by identification. Um, at least three parties know you are a Christian. The Lord who saves you, the devil who hates you, and the public who observes you. Did you hear that? You are a child of God by identification. The Lord who saves you, of course he knows. Uh, the devil who hates you, of course he knows. And the public that observes you, of course they know. And that's the uh, setting of the scripture. These Christians are suffering. Uh, because the Lord is truly saved, uh, the public truly knows them, and the devil truly hates them. Hallelujah. Christians suffer because of redemption and identification. How easily are you detected or observed? to be who you say you are, a Christian. Um, this is not a popular truth in some faith movement gatherings or in prosperity circles um, because they can't envision a God of love allowing his children to experience pain or lack or hardships. To them, I'd simply introduce them to Jesus the author and finish of our faith. God had only one son without sin, but no child without suffering. We suffer as Christians because we dare to be identified. Hallelujah. Here's another truth here. Doing good and doing right for the name of the Lord will anger Satan. When you do good, when you live right, it'll anger Satan. When the devil gets mad, he strikes. Whatever glorifies God angers the devil. Step into the world of the text. It's first century. 
Peter is writing to believers who are suffering for good. The 12th verse says, you, you're getting accused. Uh, over in chapter 3, verse 16, Peter says, people speaking maliciously against you and slandering you, lying on you. To slander means to cause some weight from your word to cause your reputation to lean. Slander. Um, Satan is picking on those who please Jesus. What would have been your stance in first century Christendom? You got a madman as an emperor. He is on a persecutorial rampage. His name is Nero. Believers forced to choose between Nero, the emperor, or Jesus Christ as Lord, or else someone they love dearly will be slaughtered in front of their eyes. Can you imagine that? Soldiers of this insane emperor being ordered to drag your family one by one out before you. And the emperor giving you a chance to denounce Jesus and bow to Emperor Nero. But when the Christian said, I love Jesus and him only will I serve, that Christian would have to stand there and watch his family's heads chopped off or fed to the lions. One by one. Now, that's suffering. Uh, we need to repent for this little stuff we drool and complain about. She took my man. He took my position. They're not friendly. Listen, brothers and sisters, you want to see what suffering is. Step into the world of the text. Christians were smeared with tar, set of fire alive, and their burning bodies used to serve as lamps for the emperor's garden parties. But we need to repent right now. You're not suffering because she's not speaking to me. Suffering ain't he rolled his eyes at me. Suffering is not she stepped on my toes. Suffering is not he cut in line. True suffering is that which is afflicted on you because you dare glorify God. Hallelujah. So those are just a few of the things in the verses tonight. I'll stop because my time is almost up and I'll continue next week because I want to keep these lessons short enough to be portable and digestible and packaged so you can carry them with you throughout the week.
I'll make uh, this a, a two-installment lesson on truth about suffering. But know this until next week. It's Christian suffering. If the Lord can look down on you and say, now that's my child. Hallelujah. That's when God gets glory out of our suffering. Say this until next week. Let's grumbling. More glory for him. Less grumbling from me. More glory for him. Hallelujah. So, let me pause right there. And I'll pick up again next week about some truths on suffering. This is the word of faith that I teach. Amen, amen, amen.